Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the great Prince of Preachers, said this, the doorstep of the temple of wisdom is the knowledge of our own ignorance. The doorstep of the temple of wisdom is the knowledge of our own ignorance. If you want to be really wise, admit there's a lot you don't know. There's a lot you don't know. The fools think they know much more than they do. And, and Solomon's saying to these guys, don't follow them. They don't even know the way to the city. They're incompetent. If we become a Christian, we should be growing more humble each day. We should realize our ignorance the more time we spend with God. This isn't to say that we are great fools, because to realize and admit that we don't know it all will open up our hearts to learn from the one who does know it all. Thinking that we already know everything is what makes us foolish and unteachable. Let's allow godly wisdom to rule in our hearts. It is the only way to keep our foolishness at bay. With this in mind, here's Pastor Jim with part three of his message entitled, Why It Is So Important to Have Godly Wisdom, part two. If they're not living out the Christian life, if they're not trying to, I'm not saying perfect, but they're not trying to really live out the Christian life, they're not devoted to the things of God, be very, very careful about following them. You see, the fact is, some people are always preparing, but they're never doing. They're always talking about doing stuff for God, but they never take a step of faith. But other people are the opposite. They're always doing stuff. They're always taking that step of faith, but they're never preparing. And when they get there, they're like the guy with the dull axe. They can't get the tree down. The godly man or woman is different. They keep the tension between preparation and between doing. Well, it's football season now, right? How many of you are football fans? Yep, you're like, oh, my team plays at four. Okay, so football fans, what, what, how, do, how, do, how do NFL players win? How do they win? You know what NFL stands for? Not for long. How do NFL players win, right? Well, they train. And then they sit when their bodies are recovering from training and they watch films. And they rest a little and what do they do? They go out and knock their brains out playing hard. You know, it's actually the same for us Christians. We train. We study the Word of God. We pray. We read books by people who know more about things than we do. We seek the advice of godly people who know more about things than we do. And then what do we do? Well, maybe we do watch films. Certainly we watch our culture. We watch our world. We realize that as society becomes less biblically literate, our language has to change. We can't use Bible language when we talk with people. We have to be really simple. Sometimes people come here, and again, if it's you, I'm glad you're here. They come here for the first time. They're not Christian. They've never been in a Bible study, and they meet me at the back door, and they say, I understood virtually everything you said. I have to fight away the tears because that's what we want to be. We don't want to be people who appear so holy that nobody can get close to us and nobody can touch us. We want to be people who are real, who just love Jesus. 
I just was saying it during the first service. I was talking to one of the guys here, Rich, who was up here doing the worship. He owns a painting company. And I was like, that's just a painter who loves Jesus, man. That's what we want to be. That's what we want to be. Just regular people who can articulate the things of God so we understand our culture. And then we play hard. We play hard. We use wisdom and effort and to serve God. Now, it's not like you're serving for God to like you or to love you. It's because he does. It's what we call grace-motivated effort. You're expending effort to serve God because he loves you. You're expending effort to serve Jesus because he died for you, because he forgave you, because you are now a child of the king. And godly people know that's the way to success. That's the way to do it. Friends, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you know how to charm a snake and you don't. Right? You know, the snake charmers. I, I only know from watching movies. Nah, 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 nah. You skip that step, you get bit, man. That's what happens. So it doesn't matter if you know what to do, but you don't do it. It doesn't matter how much Bible you know if you don't try to live it. It doesn't matter if you think you're called to the ministry if you're not willing to go out and park cars, right? Clean the church, do that stuff to start at the bottom because we all start at the bottom because God is looking for faithful people and God is looking for available people. Wisdom is not wisdom unless it's used in life. That's how wisdom, godly wisdom, will help you succeed. Number three, Godly wisdom helps you speak. Godly wisdom helps you speak. Verse 12, the words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. Another version says, the words of a wise man's mouth win him favor, but, note the contrast, the lips of a fool shall swallow him up. The words of his mouth begin with foolishness, and the end of his talk is raving madness. A fool also multiplies words. No man knows what is to be. Who can tell him what will be after him? The fool even thinks he knows the future. And if he's a smart fool, he writes books. And fools buy them. <laughs> and then it was like, that guy was wrong. Oh, but he's got a new book. Like the eight books he's wrong. This one he's going to be right? Verse 15, the labor of fools wearies them, for they do not even know how to go to the city. They don't even know where they're going. They need directions to work every day. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the great prince of preachers, said this, the doorstep of the temple of wisdom is the knowledge of our own ignorance. The doorstep of the temple of wisdom is the knowledge of our own ignorance. If you want to be really wise, admit there's a lot you don't know. There's a lot you don't know. But fools think they know much more than they do. And, and Solomon's saying to these guys, don't follow them. They don't even know the way to the city. They're incompetent. Do you ever work with somebody and every day is the first day? Like every day is the first day. And you're like, dude, you got here two years before me. <laughs> right? And I'm teaching you the stuff you taught me. So what is he saying when he says they don't even know the way to the city? He's saying they're incompetent. They're incompetent. They're thinking, they're talking, they're living. It even wearies them. It wearies everybody around them and even wearies them. Everything is a chore. For them, everything is wrong. The whole world is wrong. Everybody's the enemy. There's always a crisis. And loved ones, be very, very, very careful of this. Sadly, today, they get a voice on the internet. All they have to do is know how to post, and they're an expert. And people are reading all their drivel. They're putting stuff on Facebook, Twitter, blogging. If you are a new Christian, be very, very careful. If you are exploring the things of Christ, you're a new Christian, you want stuff to, to really enrich your soul, come see me, I'll help you. I'll help you. 
People with godly wisdom are able to speak with wisdom and confidence in the things they know they know about, yet they also, part of being wise is knowing your limitations, knowing people, right, who know more than you about things. The wise man and woman admits they're not always wise in decisions. You and I do dumb things. We do foolish things. Hopefully it's not the pattern of our life, but we all make mistakes. We all do dumb things. We got to get over it. We got to move on. We have to learn to, to try in the future to minimize those things by putting our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, by seeking out godly friends to help us. And so wise men and women admit they're not always wise in decisions, and they also admit that there's a lot that they simply don't know. But look what he says here. The words of the wise will win them favor. I think it's less in the sense that they will get something. They're not manipulators. I think what he's saying that the words of the wise will win them favor in the sense is that they'll be able to give. You see, friends, when you fill your heart, when you fill your mind, when you fill your soul with wisdom, you have something to give out to people. I tell you something. I'm going to tell you this. I didn't say it to the last service, so you can tell them. I'm really growing weary of people in this church who've been taught the Bible for a while saying, I don't know enough about Christ to tell someone. That is simply a lie from the pit of hell. That is not true at all. That is not true at all. When it talks about winning them favor, when we're living in a godly way to the best of our ability and the power of the Holy Spirit, God will open doors for us to talk to people. And if you have something in your soul, if you're brimming with the word of God and love for Jesus and the love of Jesus for you even more so, you will have something to say. Perhaps we need to ask ourselves, am I not saying anything because I have nothing to say? And ask that God would overflow our hearts. Wise men and women are a blessing to others. Wise men and women impart the grace of God to others. In this day and age, friends, I say these things to you because of this. Be more afraid of saying nothing than saying the wrong thing. Those great words of J.I. Packer. He said this, God saves people with a needle of truth and a haystack of error. You can say the wrong thing and somehow God may still use it. Listen to what they said about Jesus, Luke 4.22. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? I mean, this was just a guy. He was just a carpenter to them. But he spoke with godly wisdom. And people could see it. They could actually see it. Luke 6.45 says this, Jesus speaking says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Friends, we have to be very much aware what goes into our hearts because out of the abundance of our hearts are how our mouth speaks. And we have to be strategic, very strategic about what we put into our hearts. Very strategic. Because godly wisdom will help you speak. Godly wisdom will help you tweet. Godly wisdom will help you blog. Godly wisdom will help you text. It will help you do Facebook. Well, number four, godly wisdom helps you serve. Godly wisdom helps you serve. Verse 16, whoa. When you see that word in the Bible, you got to go, oh, this is not good. 
This is not, it's not like, whoa, look at that. This is, whoa is bad. Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child. Now, it could be a literal child. It could be immature. Some of you have seen this. I don't know how many of this has happened to you. You work at your job. It's sort of like a family business. And you, you know, one of the kids you see growing up, and you're like, that kid's an idiot. You know, that kid's an idiot. That kid's an idiot. The next thing you know, he's your boss, right? <laughs> because he inherited his money the old-fashioned way. He inherited it, right? And so he was born wisely, and, and he's the boss. I was reading some statistics. Couldn't, I'm in trouble quite remembering it. But they said if you start a business and you pass it off to your offspring, it has about a 40% chance of surviving. And if they pass it off to their offspring, it's down to 11%. That, that's, that, that's the way it goes. He says, Woe to you, O land, when your child is a king and your prince's feast in the morning. What is he saying? They're partying instead of leading. They're lazy, living for themselves. And here's the contrast, verse 17. Blessed are you, O land, when your king is the son of nobles and your prince's feast at the proper time. There's a time to feast. There's, it's okay. But they know the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. So he's telling us that the nation or the organization is blessed when the leader is wise and self-controlled. When the leader, and this is sadly very rare, puts the people before himself. Verse 18 gives us completely the opposite. The example of the lazy leader. Verse 18, because of laziness, the building decays. And through idleness of hands, the house leaks. If you don't take care of your house, it starts to what? It starts to fall apart. Same thing happens with our spiritual life. Same thing happens with a nation. So they would, sort of, they would say this, verse 19, a feast is made for laughter and wine makes merry, but money answers everything. So they would say, oh, we could just throw money at it. It's not a problem. And so a lot of times people in this world think, well, if somebody has money, they must be doing something right. Well, not necessarily. Here he's saying this particular leader doesn't even know the difference between when it's time to party and when it's time to work, when it's time to, to lead the people of God and when it's time to back off and just enjoy some, some relaxation. What is he saying? This guy's clueless. He doesn't understand anything except himself. Godly wisdom helps leaders lead. Godly wisdom helps all of us be diligent and consistent in our relentless pursuit of God. That's what it takes. If you want to make it all the way to the grave, right? Being a follower of Jesus, it takes a relentless pursuit of God, a relentless pursuit of the kingdom of God. And leaders in the kingdom of God must have determination and they must have drive. And if you want to lead in the kingdom of God, you must have a passion for the church. You must have a passion for the people of God. Wisdom will help you understand these things. And loved ones, please don't miss this. When you are a good follower, you are a darn good leader because the world needs good followers. Godly wisdom will help you not to waste your life. Godly wisdom will help you not to procrastinate on everything. Godly wisdom will help you avoid excessive laziness. You know, a lot of people have just enough money to make them lazy, don't they? Just enough money to be traveling here, traveling there, doing this, doing that, and not leaving themselves on the things of God. Godly wisdom will help you not to be partying too much. 
We talk about it at certain times and we need to mention if you have an addiction problem, you need to come and tell us. We need to start to help you, right? We need to start putting you in the right direction, okay? When he's talking, when they're talking about drinking wine in the Bible, when he's not talking about sitting home and drinking two six-packs every night by yourself. And too many people are drinking by themselves, are partying by themselves, and, and need, need, have to face the fact that they need some help. The fool's house is leaking, and he or she doesn't see it. They get used to the drip in the roof. The fool's house is leaking, and they don't even seem to care. What an important reminder to us all that the Christian life takes constant maintenance. This is what we're doing here every Sunday morning. Every Wednesday night, in a couple of weeks, we'll have signups for our community groups. Sure, we're developing relationships, but we're maintaining our Christian walk. Verse 20 then warns them what not to do when they see the lazy leader. Like, oh, we got a guy like this. We got to do something about it. Look what he says. Do not curse the king, even in your thought. Do not curse the rich, even in your bedroom. What does he say? Don't even do it when nobody's looking. Because why? Out of the abundance of the heart? The mouth speaks. If you're lying in bed thinking evil of people, it's only a matter of time till it comes out of your mouth. For a burden of the air may carry your voice and a bird in flight may tell the matter. What is he saying? You better be careful what you say about the king because a little birdie might tell the king. Back then, you could lose your head. You could start a war. But, but here's what happens in our world. You talk poorly about your boss to your coworker, and what do they do? They tell your boss, hey, don't tell anybody I told you this, which means I'm going to tell everybody, <laughs> right? If you want to increase the odds of not being promoted on your job, you can do it by going around talking bad about the boss all the time. They'll hear it. It's a little thing. You say, oh, it's just a little thing. Well, dead flies spoil the perfume, right? Uncharmed snakes bite. Little birds, what do they do? Please, you got to hear this, guys. Little birds reinforce that you can't be trusted. Because when the boss knows you're going around, or the leader knows you're going around saying all kinds of stuff about them, now a smart leader eats the chicken and spits out the bones. If you say, I want to be a leader, but I don't want to be hurt, then don't even try, because you're going to be hurt. That's just the way it goes. That's humanity. That's human nature. But when it comes out that your mode of operation is to talk bad about the boss, you're saying to the boss, that you can't be trusted. See, the godly man or woman, the wise man or woman understands that we live in a fallen world and that's just the way it is. There's a lot of mismanagement. There's a lot of things that go wrong. But a godly person believes this even above that, that God placed us here to serve, not to complain. We were here to be a solution for this world, not constantly pointing out what's wrong. That's why a lot of people tell me, I don't want to go to church, man. They're always bad-mouthing the culture. I go, well, that's because they're not teaching the Bible. You know why? Because the, what does the Bible do? Calls the people of God to look in the mirror and to look at themselves. Verse 17 again, he says, Blessed are you, O land, when your king is the son of nobles. Forward a thousand years when the son of David came. And the people were blessed because Jesus walked the land and they didn't even see it. And your prince feast at the proper time. Remember, Jesus went to parties. They said he was a glutton and a wine-bibber. Right? But he knew the right time to work. He knew the right time to preach. He knew the right time to sit down and, and, and have a meal with someone. At the end of verse 17, for strength and not for drunkenness. Why did Jesus go to those parties? Why did Jesus associate with people? Because he wanted to tell them about the kingdom of God. 
And you can bet he went to those places, he went to those parties, and the disciples were like, you know, we're schlepping all around with this guy, and he gets out in public, and he doesn't have anything to do with us. He only wants to talk to the people who don't know anything about God. And God says, don't talk like that. Don't even think like that. Our king is Jesus. And a lot of our complaining, if we're honest, is about him, right? And it's towards him. I'm complaining about my boss. Matthew 10, 16, Jesus says, behold, I send you out. Who sends us out? Jesus sends us out. So when we have complaints, who should we speak to first? The one who sent us there. The one who sent us to the very place where we are. Godly wisdom will help the committed follower of Jesus Christ serve wherever they are because they realize whether they are serving in word or they are serving in deed, that they are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. We said at the beginning there are essentially two ways to live. We can choose to live wise or we can choose to live foolish. But the Holy Spirit wants to give you and me and all of us God's wisdom. God's wisdom will help you see It will help you survive. It will help you succeed. It will help you speak. It will help you serve. And it will also save your soul. Now you might say, that's kind of offensive to me. You know, I had a funny illustration of this when I was down in North Carolina two weeks ago. There was this guy walking around the beach. And listen, he was in really good shape. But you know the kind of guy who walks around everything like he owns the place? He was walking around the beach like he owned the place. Like like everybody was supposed to be impressed. So finally, he saunters out into the water, and I'm like, oh, there goes Mr. Wonderful, you know, (laughs) out into the water, and boom, a big wave knocked him over. (laughs) I mean, we're that small. We're that small. And me all full of pride go, well, I used to be a lifeguard. I'll get out there. So I went out there, and I dove in and got water in my ear. (laughs) See, we're just not all we think we are. We need a perfect Savior. One who died on the cross in our place for our foolishness. Ecclesiastes 10.2, a wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart is at his left. It all comes down to this, guys. The Bible's teaching in so many ways can be condensed into this. Who's your king? Are you on the throne of your life or is Jesus Christ? Are you trusting in yourself to get to heaven or are you trusting in the life of another? who was no fool, there was no sin, never made a mistake with his mouth. He lived a perfect life in your place, and God rose him from the dead. Are you the wise man or the wise woman whose heart is toward Jesus, whose heart is on the right? Are you the fool whose heart is at Jesus' left? Are you leaning towards God? Or are you leaning away from God? Is your back to God? Or are you really facing towards Him? Why is it so important to have godly wisdom? Because it's the only way to get to heaven. Do you want to go to heaven? I'm being dead serious here. Grab it by faith today. Turn around. Turn to God. Put your trust on Jesus Christ. Jesus said, all who come to me I will by no means cast out. Another thing I'm getting sick of is people telling me they're too bad to come to God. How many times have we said, you can't be too bad, you can only be too proud. God will not turn you away, no matter how foolish you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, Jesus Christ's grace is greater than your sin. You can come today after the service and stand right up front here. We'll pray with you, man. 
will help you get started on a life of faith. If you've already received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then don't you want your life here to matter? I want your life here to matter. Don't you want your life to matter in all of eternity? Well, determine in your heart that today, today is the day you're going to stop following your own way, your own heart, and you're going to start to walk in wisdom. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Would you like to hear this message again? Simply log on to our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. There you can listen to archive broadcasts, load our mobile app, as well as listen to Pastor Jim's easy-to-follow verse-by-verse teaching on much of the Bible. You can also request a CD copy of this message in its original, unedited form on our website. If you would prefer to write to us, our address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. That's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Or you can give us a call at 973-659-3380. Once again, that's 973-659-3380. Changed by Love is sponsored by listeners like you. We are so thankful for your continued support and prayers that allow us to bring our show to you on this station. Make sure you tell your friends and family about Changed by Love on this station, as well as how to listen to Pastor Jim on our website and mobile app. In the next edition of Changed by Love, Pastor Jim will continue teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. Glance at the clock right now, and please make plans to join us next time to be encouraged, comforted, and challenged by the Word of God. You are all a blessing to us. We hope to see you next time here on Changed by Love.